Hey there, top teachers. We know that these are crazy times and we truly hope that you and your loved ones are well. The episode that you are about to listen to was pre-recorded. And while you may not be in your classroom right now, many of these strategies can be applied to your home. Just remember that these episodes will be around for you when you do get back into your class. So take notes and we hope that you enjoy this episode and stay safe. Stay home. Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We've got a good one for you today. We are going to be revealing our top secrets for ending the school year in a stress-free way. We are going to share our categories of end of the year responsibilities just to help you keep everything more organized, and we're going to equip you all with tips to help you tackle those end-of-the-year responsibilities and not feel stressed out. I honestly cannot believe that the end of the year is already here. It's a wonderful feeling. It is a crazy feeling. But first, before we jump into the meat of this podcast, let's hear from Elsa on what her time-sucking hurdle has been. So Elsa says, for me, the TSH is all the documentation that is required by our district. Each department requires documents in to be in compliance. I don't think these departments realize that I'm one individual managing or trying to manage every single thing that they are demanding of me. But my main responsibility is those 22 to one students that come every day full of energy and eager to learn, and I'm distracted by the millions of documents waiting for me to be filled out. My point is, is I can't be productive where it matters when I'm swamped with paperwork Work that could be eliminated. It's not fun being a teacher when you can't teach because you're being interrupted yet again to fill out another document. Girl, we totally understand you when it comes to all that paperwork. Paperwork is a huge time-sucking hurdle, and especially at the end of the year, because we have all of these different papers that have to get signed, and we have to file things away, and that definitely becomes a huge obligation. So we really hope that today's episode is going to give you some tips that you can implement to help you get through those responsibilities and not feel stressed out. And so in my experience with the end of the year, guys, I feel like there's always two different types of teachers. One, you have the teacher who is able to have their room packed up and they're done like a few weeks in advance. You walk into their room one day and you still have about two weeks left of school and you're like, wait a second, where are all of your bulletin boards? Wow, you have everything packed up. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're already ready for the school year. It really kind of pains you because you think, man, I wish that could be me. But then you're also like, wait, we still have two weeks left of learning to do inside of your classroom. What are your kids already probably doing? They're checked out most likely. And then you have those teachers who stay several days after the school year has already ended in order to finish up packing their room because they didn't have anything done ahead of time. And our goal through today's episode is to help you find that happy medium. We don't want you to start this process too soon because as Bridget already said, your students will end up checking out and the end of the school year is 
hard enough without them checking out super early. You want to keep them engaged. But we also don't want you to start too late because that becomes so overwhelming. So our hope is that you can find this happy medium where your room is still functional, but it can be easily packed and finished up as soon as your students leave. So what we have done is we've taken all of the responsibilities that we have for the end of the year and we've placed them into nice little categories to really get you thinking about all of the different things that you have to get done. Because guys, it's a lot. Let's just be real. There's a lot happening at the end of the year. But we're going to give you a few examples here in this podcast. But here is the best part of all. Are you ready? We have a freebie for you. It's an end of the year checklist. If you head on over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash zero two oh, oh my gosh, this is our 20th episode. Oh, go us. What? But if you head on over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash zero two oh, you can grab this freebie and have a checklist ready to get you focused for the end of the year. And y'all, these checklists are the same checklists that Bridget and I ourselves are using at the end of the year. These are checklists that we have developed over several years in the classroom, teaching in different districts, different grade levels. So we really hope that this will work for you regardless of the grade that you teach or regardless of where you teach. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the categories of those end of the year responsibilities, because as Bridget already said, there are a lot of them. The first category is events. Now, events may refer to things you have going on with your students or your staff members or even parents. It could be so many different things. Now, the category of events actually includes planning the events. Okay, you have to figure out like, when is it happening? Where is it happening? All of those details are part of the planning process. That category also includes getting your materials for the events. I know in fourth grade, we always have a big ice cream social on the last day of school. And that requires a lot of materials. We have a lot of ice cream and we've got toppings and we need bowls and we have to find a place to store all of it. That all goes into getting the materials ready. And another part of that category is getting volunteers for the events. We cannot hand out ice cream to 125 fourth graders because we're also trying to monitor them as they're outside and they're already getting sticky. So we have to recruit volunteers. Those are just a few responsibilities within the category of events. The next category is going to be inventory. Now, this is a really important one. And I think in some shape or form, every single district or school has a form of inventory that you have to take. I know for me, back when I taught in kindergarten, we had a math program. And so we would have to inventory all of the books that we got from that program. We would have to inventory the manipulatives, um, any sort of cards or resources that we ended up using because we would give those back at the end of the year. Now, we have science kits. And so that's another thing that we have to go through and make sure that we've checked certain things off and we have to give those supplies back so that they can refill the tubs and then give them back to us the next year. There are a lot of things that you have to inventory. So this might include counting and storing some of the textbooks that you have in your classroom 
counting and storing those manipulatives or those science kits, and then also really looking at your own personal supplies. I know for me personally, I like to inventory what I have in my classroom because as those summer deals start to come up, and y'all know the deals that I'm talking about, like Walmart, when they start to get like the 25 cents or the 10 cents at Staples, like those are great deals. And I like to jump on them immediately. It's important for me to know what I already have before I leave the school um, so that I can go ahead and make those purchases throughout the summer as I see fit. The next category of end of the year responsibilities is definitely my least favorite, and that is paperwork. This brings us back to that time sucking hurdle. Paperwork is so daunting and it feels never ending. And before you know it, you're just drowning in papers. It's super unfortunate. Now, this category does encompass finalizing the grades on your report cards and getting those comments done. A lot of times teachers also have to check over cumulative folders and make sure that everything is in order and everything's in the folder that needs to be in there. Sometimes you even have to to complete sign out sheets at the end of the school year. I know personally for my school, I have to fill out a technology form and I have to fill out different checklists and I have to initial as I do the different items on the checklist. I have to fill out maintenance papers. So if there's something in my room that I need them to attend to over the summer, like fixing paint on the wall or repairing something, I have to fill out that form. Then I also have to do placement cards. This is where I will record students' scores and grades and all kinds of other information on their placement card that will travel to the next grade. And we actually take those and we organize them into class lists. And it's just, it's a lot. Okay. Paperwork is not a fun category, but it is a super important one. This next category is one of my favorites and it is the organized category. And what I love about this category is not only do I have to be the one that's doing the organizing, which I do love to organize, but I can also recruit the help of my students, which is really, really helpful. So when we think about organizing, you want to think about things that are inside of your filing cabinet. Uh, You want to organize any type of digital files that you have on your laptop, especially if you're going to be giving your laptop back to the school. You might want to organize some of those files, put them into a hard drive that you can take with you or even put them into Google Drive. You want to organize your email inbox because don't nobody like coming back to school with a bunch of emails in their inbox. And then finally, and this is the one I love recruiting my students for, is like having your kids help with your library books and having them go through and organize those and putting them into alphabetical order, making sure the genres are the right ones and making sure that some of that need repair are getting those repairs. The next category of end of the year responsibilities goes hand in hand with organizing because once you organize it, you need to clean it. Your room is super dirty at this point of the year, okay? Even if you've been cleaning along the way, there's just something about the end of the year that just screams germs and dirt and dust and it's disgusting. So you need to give your room some TLC, some tender loving care. You need to break out the soap and water or Clorox wipes or vinegar and water. Okay, do teachers in your school clean things with vinegar and water? That's definitely a thing. And once you start smelling that vinegar in the hall, you're like, yep, 
it's the end of the year and we're getting some cleaning done. As a reminder, I'm going to give you all just a few examples. And these are by no means all of the things that you need to clean. There are so many. So make sure that you download that free end of the year checklist. You can head over to www.teachingonthedouble.com forward slash zero two zero to download that checklist. But just a few of those items that you do need to clean. You need to wipe out the inside of your bins, even if they had lids on them. Somehow, I don't understand how this works, they get disgusting on the inside. You also need to wipe down your desks. And honestly, my favorite way to do this is to give my students shaving cream. Okay, hear me out. It does get messy, but it's totally worth it. I will squirt some shaving cream on each kid's desk. I will allow them to just smear it everywhere. Okay, everywhere across the top of the desk. We will play games where I'll give them words to spell or they'll draw pictures and it's lots of fun. But at the end, when they wipe it all off, it really helps to clean that desk. So it's a fun activity for your students and it also allows you to start cleaning. You also need to go through and dust surfaces. You need to take home those materials that need to be washed. Okay. I'm talking about the curtains, the pillowcases, dry erase erasers. I personally use these face scrubbers from the dollar store for my students to erase their dry erase boards with. And I actually take them home and throw them in the washing machine. Same thing with whisper phones. If you have those in your classroom and students have been using them all year, they get super gross. And you can actually throw those right into your dishwasher to give them a good scrub. And as you are cleaning, you need to decide what items you want to purge, which is our next category. And so these are the items that you feel as though you do not need to take in to the next year or are going to be items that you haven't touched all year long. You don't need to keep it. Just get rid of it. Be like Marie Kondo or like the Kondo Sweep. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to head on over to episode 015, which is five easy steps to clean and organize your classroom. And there you can learn all about Michelle and I's condo sweep. So this is going to be items where you throw away any sort of used supplies. I throw away pencils. I throw away the erasers because the kids like to draw like funny faces on them. How many of your kids like do that? And this is also a really great time to have your students test those markers, throw away the ones that are dried up that you know for a fact are not going to be able to last over the summer and also go through any sort of paperwork that you might have that you are just not going to use. Go through that classroom library. And if you have books that are ripped, just go ahead and get rid of them. I really like to have my students take the pages of inside of just torn up and no good type of books anymore and will create poems out of them. And so they use them to kind of create poems or they use it for origami. And so it's just a really fun and easy like end of the year activity. We're almost done, y'all. I promise. The next category is electronics and technology. So this refers to all of those devices that belong to your school or to your district that you are responsible for caring for at the end of the year. Some of these tasks might include unplugging all of your electronics. That might be something you have to do before you leave your classroom at the end of the year. You also are going to want to take time to dust and clean and even cover your electronics, especially those desktop computers. If you can place a bag or something over top to help cover it during the summer, it's going to help keep it clean and prevent it from collecting dust. You also might want to consider taking out 
batteries from any remotes or microphones that you have in your school. This is actually a requirement for me because they do not want those batteries to end up exploding or leaking into the electronic device over the summer. So we remove all the batteries, place them in a plastic baggie, and we store them with the remotes and microphones. That way, when you come back in the fall, all you need to do is pop them back in and you're ready to go. The final category that we have is going to be the miscellaneous items. Now, these are going to be the things like taking home plants. If you have real life plants inside of your classroom, you're going to want to take those home. They're going to end up dying over the summer if you leave them in your classroom. Uh, Any type of food that you have maybe in your cabinets or inside of your fridge. And that also brings me to defrosting your fridge at the end of the year, covering or taking down any of those bulletin boards if you're required by your school to have to do that or anything that's perhaps on the walls or hanging down from the ceilings. And then also don't forget to take home any sort of materials that you may want to be able to access over the summer. So I know a lot of schools, they pretty much shut everything down and you're not allowed to go back until a certain point. And so you will want to make sure that you have those items before you leave for summer. So as you all can see, there are so many responsibilities at the end of the school year. Bridget and I only named a few examples in each category, and that took us like almost 15 minutes to get through. So there is a lot. What we are going to do next is give you all some tips that can help you tackle those end of the year responsibilities so it doesn't seem as daunting. And you can find that happy medium so you're not packing up too early, but you're also not staying late. So the first thing you need to do is decide which items of the checklist need to be done before your students leave versus just by the time you leave. In order to do this, we're going to recommend you use two different color highlighters. So grab yourself maybe a yellow and a blue and highlight in one color all the items of the checklist that need to be completed before your students leave and use the other color to highlight those items that just need to be done before you leave. Yeah. And once you do that, then you can create a checklist and you need to really identify when you want to have these certain items completed by. So kind of set yourself a hard deadline and write it next to when do you want to have these these to-dos completed by. Now, then you can take those items and compile weekly checklists from them. Now, as you are completing these checklists, you might want to start keeping a list of things that you need to purchase over the summer. These items might be supplies-based. If you took inventory of your markers and realized you're running low on markers, you can add that to your list. Or these may be things to help your classroom flow better. These might be organizational containers or different items that you know you want to purchase for your classroom. If you do this as you go through the checklist, it's going to help save you time. And then over the summer, you know exactly what to buy. And it's also really helpful to take pictures of your classroom so that you can reference it when you get back. Uh, This way, you have the ability to really make sure that you're placing things exactly Exactly where they're supposed to go, especially if you have found that what you have right now is really working for you and your students. And along that same line, you can also make a map of where your furniture is located in your classroom for your custodians. Y'all, this secret will help get your room put back together before anyone else's. Okay, I've tried it and it works. Just trust me. If you 
you leave a map and it shows the custodian where you want your back table and where you want your bookshelves and where you want your filing cabinet, they're going to know exactly where to put it. So instead of just dumping it all in random spots, they're going to actually most likely take the time to put the items back exactly where you want them. Another thing that I really like to do is to use saran wrap. Now, not the saran wrap that you get at a grocery store, but like the giant rolls that you would buy either at Lowe's or Home Depot. And you can use this for when you are moving to be able to kind of wrap things together. Now, back when I taught in kindergarten, we had to have all of our items on one side of the classroom because they had to wax our floors. So we had to put our shelves, our containers, our everything that we literally had in our room was all jam-packed into our corner in the classroom. And so to help make sure that none of my items fell out or got lost or they were, you know, coming out from the shelves, I used that saran wrap and I would just wrap my shelves and I would wrap my containers together to make sure that they would all stay nicely fit together. So I don't end up losing materials. Oh, that's such a good one, Bridget. I have heard of that tip. I've just never actually implemented it. So I think I'm going to try that one this year. You also should be taking measurements of your room. That way, if you choose to buy things over the summer, whether those are actual storage units or just storage containers, you know the exact measurements of your cabinets and how much space you have in different areas of the room. So you can ensure that those purchases are going to be functional in your classroom. Now, I also really like to going back to like that kindergarten time, I had to make sure that everything that I would have, like all my furniture and all of my items, they were labeled with my name on them. So I would use just like your colored paper and I would put my name and I also had my room number on it and I would just cut those out and I would just put it with some tape right on every single piece of furniture or item that I had wrapped up. So if they happened to take it out of my classroom, I made sure that those items came back into my classroom. How many of you have ever had where you have like the the chairs the really nice chairs and like you have two different types of chairs in your building. I always wanted to make sure that I got my nice chairs back. Yeah, I've had that happen with desks, but we are not told to label the desks or the chairs. So just this past year, I had to move classrooms in my building. And when I moved classrooms, I had no desks and the desks they brought me did not match the ones I had before. And I was not about that life. So I ended up scouting around the building and I found a room that used to be used as a classroom and there weren't going to be any desks in there this year. And I personally moved all of those desks into my room. I didn't even wait for the custodian because I wanted to claim them. I will not tell anyone. Thank you for keeping that a secret. So our final tip goes along with what Bridget was just saying, but this is a huge one. If you have to move rooms or if you're moving schools, because I've done both. I've had to move rooms within a school building and I've also had to move schools and I've had to pack everything up and take it across the state. If you are doing that, you need to have not only a colored label with your name and your room number, but you also want to include a list of the materials that are inside of that box. Because let me tell you, once everything is packed up into boxes, it all looks exactly the same. And when you unpack your room, you want to do it in a strategic way, which means you need to know what's in the box before you open it up so you can find the exact box that you want to unpack first. And if certain boxes go together, you can even label them like one out of four or two out of four. And that can help you keep track of all of your boxes. I actually went through and labeled every single box with a different number. And I knew how many boxes 
boxes total I had so that as my items got moved during the summer, because I was not there to witness it, I could figure out if any of my boxes were missing. And y'all better believe I went through and counted every single box to make sure that I had it. And guys, I know that this episode is jam packed with a lot of information for the end of the year. And let's be completely honest with one another, there is a lot more to what's happening at the end of the year than what we've mentioned here in this episode. So do not forget, we have an end of the year checklist. You can head on over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash zero to zero and grab your freebie today. And while you're over on our website, go ahead and submit your time sucking hurdle. Just click the tab at the top that says TSH, submit your time sucking hurdle, and you will have a chance to be featured on our podcast. If you're listening to us over on iTunes, we would love for you to also leave a review. It really helps for us to get into the ears of so many other teachers. So guys, until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.